1: seconds remaining
0: they just got to throw it under the basket under the basket it's down to seven seconds it's the truth for the win Gone. a miracle double order hit that one from the parking lot shock it all in college basketball it's not the size of the dog in the fight
1: it's the size of the fight in the dog
0: Welcome to the big bets on campus podcast. I am your host for this week, Jim Roots, and I'm joined by the rest of the three man weave crew, Matthew Cox, Kai McEwen. They're both flanking me here in our little zoom machine. Of course, every Wednesday morning, we're going to be bringing you new, a new BBOC episode in this feed. There will be a weekend preview from, from Stucky as well on Fridays, but we are the Wednesday, the midweek episode, checking in, looking at some of the Wednesday, Thursday games, even a little peek towards the weekend if we see it so fitting. But yeah, we're, we're going to try to get as many game previews as we can, spray the board, and we will start, as usual, guys, with the outright and live dog of the week.
2: Where's my dog? Uh huh.
0: Let's start with a quick recap. Matthias, we didn't do super well. I'd say we were about even last week, which is okay when you're trying to, to hunt down live dogs. Uh, Siena lost to Manhattan. SMU did beat Memphis, but none of us officially picked it. That's kind of a bummer. Uh, we didn't know Disgusting. who all would be out yeah, for Memphis. tough. Uh, St. Thomas was up at halftime against South Dakota State, but did not end up winning and did not cover either. TCU lost to Oklahoma State by one. Charleston lost to Towson, but did cover. Missouri State beat Loyola, fellas. You both ooh, nailed that one. Hey, Sir, look at us. It wasn't us. close. It was a demolition. Yeah. Demolition. Isaiah Mosley nearly outscored Loyola by himself.
2: I'm so one man ooh. wrecking career that kid.
0: Matt, you, you got slighted here because I think we sped over one game in the outline last week for time purposes, and that was Lehigh beating Navy. You would have nailed it. I know. <laughs> I just, the Patriot League, Jim, has officially escaped
2: me at this point. I have no feel for that league. Um, I shouldn't have abandoned our Lehigh. What's their mascot? The Mountain Hawks. Yeah. The Mountain oh, Hawks, man. that's right. Yeah, we should not Hawks. have abandoned our Mountain Hawks.
0: We should have stayed on our mountain with our Hawks. But We, we should didn't. have stayed ridiculous Lehigh. I, I still love that <laughs> sign. <laughs> that sign is so awesome. Uh, all right. And then Hartford did not mm. beat Vermont Matthias, but they did cover. So well done there. Hey, they had it tied with
2: nine to play, baby. They were right there. They were down they were also 17 to Yeah, it was down wild. Down 22 first half, too. So yeah,
0: it was a extremely wild Extremely erratic wild game. game. Yep. All right, let's get into discussion for this week, and let's start on Thursday. The somewhat underachieving Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are hosting UAB. Matthias, you love the Hilltoppers. I think Rick Stansberry might secretly be your uncle. You are a big fan of that gentleman <laughs> and his work. But the Hilltoppers are two and four in Conference USA, and UAB is a juggernaut. Do you really think, WK, you can get it done here? Yeah, you know, Jim. Back to that example. It's like he's like the crazy uncle that I'm
2: not really sure of, but I like his kids. And like, so me and like the cousins <laughs> are really tight. I like his players. They have good players, and he's had good players like the last three, four years. And every year, I seem to fall in love with someone new. Uh, this year, it's been David McKnight, the sophomore Sterling, sophomore point guard. This is a game where Kai Vintage Hilltops they rise to level of competition, they fall down to bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this one screams like the effort that we got against Louisiana tech. Again, they should have won by the way that they just squandered late. Um, Jim, I'm in on this one. I think they won.
1: Of course you are. I could have predicted that. I am too. Actually. in on this one, I, oh, I come know, on in. Come we on. At WKU has sucked in, in conference USA. They, they've lost three straight sitting at two and four. That's extremely disappointing. They have so much talent still among the most talented teams in, in this conference they certainly have the talent to go against UAB. And last year, they did beat UAB on a neutral in the uh, Conference USA tournament. So they're, they, they've proven they could do it. They had a guy named Charles Bassey. He was somewhat important in that game. But they had 10 for 20
0: from three. They're at home. They play to the competition. I think they can get it done here. I'm going to be the annoying wet blanket that says, no, the big favorite's going to win. Like, that's not interesting or compelling at all. But I just, I think this Western Kentucky team isn't that good. The talent isn't as strong, I think, maybe as we... Would hope like Jalen Butts has done nothing. That the Paul transfer, Jarius Hamilton is fine, but wasn't like a big time guy in power conferences. So Uh, I will I will still side with UAB there again. Boring. Let's go to the Mac, the Metro Atlantic. All kinds of wild results in that league, and we have picked out Manhattan. They are plus six dog per Ken Palm spread on Friday at Saint Peter's. Kai, Manhattan drives me absolutely insane. I think they are one of the most brain-dead teams I've watched, but they are talented, like WKU. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of down transfers, so they have the upside to go to St. Peter's and pull off a W. Do you think they will?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going with this one, Jim, because I think you might as well take every money line in the MAC in the Metro Atlantic, because this league is so crazy. Every Uh, non-Iona money line. Every non-Iona money line. Just take it. Manhattan, not quite as good on the road this season. By a long stretch, but still, they have more talent. Arguably, on paper, if you're going just talent-wise, then St. Peter's, St. Peter's is, is the better team. But yeah, why not? Plus six is probably the spread right around there. Pretty good money line value, I think. Yeah, Jim, I reluctantly
2: am on this one too. Uh, I, I don't like that our guy Ant Nelson got reinserted in the starting lineup last game, and he went zero for seven and had four turnovers in 20 minutes. It's like no, 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 no. It, it was it was fine when he was out and, and injured or whatever he was out for. So. I worry about the turnover thing, especially against St. Peter's. Quick note on the Mac. Well, macro trend he had, here.
1: He had four turnovers, right? Matt, does, this, this is, is a, a this is a Mac. Is that trend? That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, You're right. Twenty-three minutes, zero for seven, four turnovers. Yeah, it's not good. I, so I don't Matt, like it, I wish I would. Matt, he Matt give us your macro trend. Come on. Ah, wait! Sorry, it took me a second. To yeah, this. wow, that took you uh, way too uh, long. I, right. Producers,
0: leave that pause in there because Matt, Matt needs to be punished for that <laughs> hesitation. The wheels are churning slow today, Jimbo.
2: But luckily, I have this lovely, handy dandy prep note sheet that I can just read right from the teleprompter. I don't have to think about what I'm going to say here. Um, of the 89 conference games, Kai, kind of so far within the MAC this season, they are posting the third lowest blowout percentage per Kempom. That means of the 89 games, only six have been by 18 or more points. And I like the Ken Palm kind of tracks this as like a sort of a parody uh, metric. And we always talk about how the Mac is such a wild, topsy turvy. Uh, who the hell knows? Anyone can be anyone any given night. I think that proves it. It's played out as such this season. Underdogs are playing well. In general, you can bet, I think, a lot of Mac money lines throughout the rest of the year and probably have pretty good value.
0: Yep. Tend to agree. I'm in on that one. I'm, I'm taking Manhattan as well. Uh, all right. Let's go to the American guys, Houston has not really played much competition since they lost Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark. Now they head to UCF, a team that is definitely back against the wall for a at-large tournament bid. They really need this crown jewel at the top of their resume. They've beaten Houston before. Do we think they get it done this time around, Matthias, that there is a long athletic team taking on Houston, who is uber physical? I'm out on this one. Um, every time I think Houston's going to struggle with one of these American teams that
2: is physical or feisty or can get you into a slog, they just put them right to bed pretty quickly, Kai. So I I know this is a different matchup. UCF's a different team, and they played really well this season, and they have some firepower. I'm just not. I'm basically done fading
1: Houston. I'm done. Uh, I'm in on this one. I think UCF gets it done. It's by far the best team Houston's played without Sasser. Every other opponent except for Wichita has been outside the top 140 and Kim Pom. they've been playing nobody. South and, Florida. And East Wichita Carolina. was limited, I think, with COVID. Yeah. like their roster wasn't full. And it was still pretty yeah, close. True. It was a 10-point game at the end, but Wichita was in there for a little bit. And yeah, Tulsa, South Florida. I mean, they, they haven't played anybody good. Now Houston is very, very good, but UCF is talented. They are physical and big and capable
0: of winning this game, especially at home. So I, I will be on this one. Yep. I'm, I'm in on this one too. Kyler Edwards has been shooting out of his butt for Houston. He's uh-huh. turned into like the all-American guard. They just have apparently an assembly line of them, even when Sasser and Mark are out, but now going to a team that's going to change defenses a bunch, Matthew UCF will mix in some zone, some matchup type stuff. I think that'll make it hard on this uh, Houston offense, which of course they're super reliant on offensive rebounds. They should get a ton, but. I just think leaving the comforts of home at Houston and going to an actual difficult road environment against a desperate team that can play up to that level talent wise. um, I like the spot for the Knights. Yeah. They got a bunch of guys or a
2: couple of guys can make shots too. You have to make tough shots to score against Houston Uh, and and green and Perry and Mayhem certainly qualify. (laughs)
0: UCS has been practicing taking tough slash bad shots all (laughs) season. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they do. All right, last one before we get any other individual picks here. Winthrop at Longwood. This is the preseason favorite in the Big South, Winthrop. Now they are plus five at Longwood. Longwood has been yeah. unbelievable this year, just yep. rolling through teams. Matt, we've loved Griff Aldrich, their coach, for years. He he joined the coaching ranks from like the private sector. He's just working in the corporate world. And it's like you know
2: <laughs> oil Titan, maybe
0: oil yeah. titan from we only do hoops instead, and he's really good at it. Good at it. Uh, <laughs> do you think Winthrop can get it done here? No, I don't. I, this is like a vintage, if you stayed true to
2: our pillars of handicapping, this is like a home run, you bet, Winthrop-type spot. They win this game. But no, Longwood's just been that good, and I think it's 100% for real. The talent's pretty strong. They have some really like big-time athletes, big, big-bodied guards with Wade and, and Wilkins and Hill, Kai. I don't think Winthrop's got the juice this year. They just haven't been the same team under process. They've been good, but winning a lot of close games, um, I think you're going to start to see them take a few more losses as the
1: season progresses here i either get it i think winthrop wins plus five preseason would have been crazy and longwood has yes. no answer for dj burns I, I think it's a big advantage for winthrop so yeah I, i'm taking with I'm, I'm on all four of these guys i'm crazy wow wow, wow.
0: okay i'm actually i'm out on this one I, i'm kind of with matt where winthrop just i mark prosser's good but he's not pat kelsey they're not this immortal top of the big south team that they were with kelsey so uh, I think Longwood is kind of the the new power, the new power that's rising there. Mm. All right, let's go to a little recap, guys. Uh, the ones that we are on, Kai, you just mentioned you are taking all four, Western Kentucky, Manhattan, UCF, and Winthrop. Matt, I am joining him on Manhattan and UCF, and I'm throwing in Air Force on Friday, plus eight at home, taking on Wyoming. Guys, Air Force split with Wyoming at Air Force last year when Air Force was garbage dumpster crap. And now this year, they have an awesome freshman class. They're clearly more disciplined, more familiar with Joe Scott's system, better at playing it defensively, that the Princeton on offense is more fluid. I really like this Air Force team. I think even without the the real elevation advantage, I think they get that done. So Friday, Air Force, plus eight. That's my pick. I guess we got the Mountain West on upset alert, Jim, because I'm staying right in that
2: same league, same day, Friday evening, Kai shaking his head. I'm going back to the running Rebs who did nothing but fall on their face (laughs) at San Diego State. I think it's a good matchup against Colorado State. I really do. They have kind of those switchable, long, rangy wings forwards, which is what you need to guard Colorado State, David Roddy and and Tony and those guys that can create mismatch problems. Hey, look back to last year, and UNLV went to Colorado State to Fort Collins and lost back to back nights by three points each. So, I mean, they were right there on the precipice of pulling off uh, victories twice last season. Now, I know the only player back of meaning is Bryce Hamilton. But he, I think, had 28 and 23 in those two meetings respectively. So, got to be some confidence for a guy that can get buckets and bunches. If you're going to ride a guy that's so Jekyll and high like Mr. Hamilton, good to know you're doing it in a match of when he's had success in recent years.
0: Can't lose this game for Colorado State. You want that at large? Their non conference resume is not strong. So, it's not strong. Don't take reals here. No, they you're won true. some decent games, but yeah, yeah wow. not great. Huh. Overall strength of schedule, not awesome. So, yeah, interesting. All right, let's move to our next section, guys. It is Blowout City. Fire in the hole! Oh, this place Quick recap of last week. Murray and Weber State both destroyed teams in second matchups. That, that was kind of the yeah. angle there. <laughs> Murray beat Eastern Illinois by 40. Weber beat Idaho State by 32. Colorado State did not get it done against a shorthand in New Mexico, so perhaps that portends good Ooh. things for Matthews UNLV upset pick. And Auburn beat Georgia by 23. Depends on the number you got here for, for a cover there. They, they were up bigger and kind of let Georgia back. It was, it was a weird I think weird they were game.
1: 22 and a half, uh, I believe.
0: And yep. Georgia hung with them second half somehow. Smoked them. Uh, well, we did talk about the spot was a little weird for Auburn with Kentucky on deck. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk this week, though. Starting with the the IUPUI, hold your nose twofer, or or rather <laughs> do the opposite of hold your nose and bet against the people who are holding their nose. They're headed to Oakland on Thursday. Ken Palm has that spread at 28. That's insane. And they're <laughs> headed to Detroit on Saturday. Spread of 21. Detroit is like middling. And they are a 21-point yeah. conference favorite. But Kai, it's IUPUI. Do we think they just continue to lay down and die? Yeah,
1: I, I really do. They're, they're currently dead last in Ken Palm. IUPUI. Is, Our team in the horizon uh, is dead yes. last. It's not even that close to Delaware State. Like, Delaware State is better in Ken Pom's eyes than IUPUI, yeah. and that seems brutally bad. Yeah, I, I think either Oakland or Detroit can get this done. I mean, 30 seems like a lot, but I, I why not? Oakland's awesome. I kind of want to rename
2: this section the beatdown of IUPUI Eastern Illinois and Delaware state. Like <laughs> yeah, I think Mississippi right. Valley state has proven they can be feisty enough. And they're sort of like, I think yeah, someone under recovering. from like an auto fade. Yeah. But I think the three I mentioned are either fading them or you're not betting them. And I usually fading them. So yes, I think going for, I'm going to like earmark this particular point in time. What were the ATS records of those three teams the rest of the year? I
1: bet you make some money hit both. That's my take hit both worth, worth noting. Iepui four and 13 against the spread. So they have been indeed poor against the spread as well.
0: Yeah, they had a little mini, like, kind of – they were fighting against UIC, but UIC was down three starters. And then they lost by 15 to Green Bay. It was like a nine-point dog. And lost by 35 to Milwaukee, 46 to Ohio State, 28 to Wright State, 19 at home to Northern Kentucky. Like, they, this team is poor. It's it just bad. It's bleak. I'm sorry. I don't have anything good to offer you, Jaguars fans. That's not good. No. The other one we're going to mention here, Matt, is the weekly Does Vermont destroy one of their counterparts in the America East. They're hosting Maine on Saturday, 25-point favorite per Ken Palm. They've won several huge America East games when they've been hot from the outside. They've won by 14, 33, 17, 26, and 10. (laughs) And Maine is worse than all those teams that they've played. What do you think? Vermont is shooting 51%
2: from three-point range through five (laughs) conference games. So I know it's a decent shooting team. Actually, let's say it's a really good shooting team, right? But the red butter is playing through Ryan Davis inside and like getting the occasional decent shooting display from downtown. This is just an absolute bonkers run they're on. And I'm still pretty pissed that I thought Sony Brook was going to cover that massive spread uh, earlier in the season. So I'm looking to bet Stony Brook today, if you listen to this on Wednesday, for the record, that Vermont goes to Stony. Then they have to go to Maine for the spy here, Kai. But yeah, I bet they smoke Maine. Maine's not been any
1: good. Interesting note about Maine. They've covered six of the last eight. Which makes no sense to that me. Is odd. So maybe that, and I, I faded them yesterday against New Hampshire, and they they won outright. So maybe Maine is telling you to to back off, back off the Black Bears.
0: Yeah, I. this just seems like – I almost think, Matt, it's going to be easier for Vermont to cover on the road when they get like five-point shorter spreads, and I don't think home court matters. And home means nothing in the AEs.
2: Yeah, even like Maine, where it's a hard place to get to, usually that's a place you would think home does matter, but it, it just doesn't. Um, Maine did get Ingo back, their best player, quote-unquote, but not that players really matter. For he,
1: he
0: was out again. Duhart was out again. I don't know if that's who you meant. Or but. Duhart was out, but Ingo was back, Stephanie Ingo. New Hampshire pressured Maine like to run a full court press against Maine in the final minute of that game. And I have maybe never seen a team so discombobulated. They they were just like (laughs) throwing the ball five rows out of bounds. Like the first two possessions they got trapped, they called their final two timeouts and then continued to panic and turned it over a bunch, but somehow managed to hang on. 14 for 28 from three. Gosh dang. All right. That's enough Maine talk. That's enough Maine. All right. (laughs) Let's go to some better teams, Kai. The power game of the week and I should mention here folks we will cover the SEC Big 12 challenge in the spotlight section so any of those games you're waiting to hear about namely Kentucky versus Kansas that will come at the end of our pod here when we do that little spotlight section so instead let's focus on a couple of Big 10 games to start Purdue minus 2 at Iowa this is coming on Thursday Iowa has been terrific at home Purdue's defense is a real problem like it is a leaky mm-hmm. Issue It is like outside the top 60 at Ken Palm. By this point, uh, Jay and Ivy just missed a home game with a hit pointer. So we were thinking he's probably not fully healthy. Ken Palm's got this Purdue minus two Kai. Do you think the short, short home dog of the Hawkeyes can win? If Ivy's out, uh, I do think Iowa can win
1: the eight and four against spread at home and, and Purdue's one and three against spread on the road. These two teams just play better at home and worse on the road. And ironically, I think it was Kevin Sweeney that pointed out on Twitter Purdue's closest comp right now in terms of offensive, defensive splits is Iowa from last year. Mm -hmm. So it's a team that is maybe a little bit shaky underneath the surface. I still think this team's awesome. Matt personally, and if Ivy's in minus two seems cheap, but fading Iowa at home seems like a dangerous prospect. They, they really do seem to show up there.
2: Yeah, I'll probably fade him here, I'll be honest. I remember the first matchup where Purdue was dominating that game when Iowa kind of had that late second-half surge where they, they kept they falling pressed. back. They put and, uh, a and full they pressed. Court press
0: on, and Purdue was like, whoa, you don't do this. And then No key, was no key to Murray in that game. No key No
2: Murray in that game either. It's a good point. So, yeah, he's going to be a, a matchup problem, especially for the bigs that can be exploited on the perimeter uh, if used properly here. I still think Purdue's the real deal. I'm with you. I'm not really, like – concerned about the defensive issues as much as other people are, especially if Ivy's back in now, if he's out complete game changer. Uh, but with Ivy and Hunter, I think them at the point of attack are two plus to very, very good defenders. But the issue I think is Jimmy mentioned is like
0: the Murray thing with the inverted bigs. can Edie and, and Williams guard out there, get them into space. That is a major problem. Like obviously even Robrock is going to have no chance against Edie inside, but I think Iowa will double force you to hit shots on the road and they're going to score. Like Iowa is going to put up points in this game. So maybe slightly into the over, but the number is going to be insanely high 60 like ish. Probably. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go to the mitten for the next big 10 matchup Michigan, who is potentially hashtag back yeah. after two big victories. Yeah, they are. They're heading to Michigan state. And guys, I have never seen a dumber, angry angle then michigan state fans like our team traveled to michigan before they canceled the game because of covid how dare they oh you went from ann arbor (laughs) to east lansing here's five gold stars for the struggles you had to go through like people were outright furious that they traveled before they canceled the games Like who cares what is that i hear about
2: wichita say Flutie's carolina got there and
0: the game was canceled two hours before it's like i think there's others who have had it worse Way Maybe. worse. You could just drive home and still Maybe. sleep in your own bed that night. Like, get <laughs> over it. I, I could not have any less sympathy for that. But, hey, but man, have a on the court matchup here, Caleb Houston hit some big shots at Indiana. If he starts to be a true offensive weapon, that opens the court up quite a bit for Michigan. They can play through Hunter Dickinson, force teams to double, exploit on the rotation. And Matt, Devontae Jones looked more aggressive. than guy, the paint. baby. He needs to be assertive for this Michigan team to hit its ceiling. You love the Spartans, though, so what do you do here?
2: I do. I'm not going to touch this game. Yep. Um, I love yep. both teams. I love the way both teams are trending. I What I love about Michigan in general, they're playing Diabate and Dickinson together up front with Houston on the wing. I think Diabate's played his highest workload of the season the last couple of weeks. Got Brandon Johns back last game, Kai 10 minutes off the bench. He's only going to play more and more I think Michigan needs to get back to that formula they had last year where it was just length, 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 and they can live on that defense as a bedrock and then fill in the pieces on offense by playing through Dickinson inside, running their stuff, and letting Houston grow into that role. Brooks
1: is starting to play a little better, too. I, Michigan's going to be fine. They're going to be what we yeah. thought they were preseason. I think so, too. I think they're they're back. One two straight by 19-18. and 18. That, That's impressive. I don't care who you play in the Big Ten. That's impressive. Um, and Michigan State's a team I just don't think is – as good as people think. I think they're just a little bit overvalued right now. They're very good, but overvalued. And yeah, Jim, that Ann Arbor to East Lansing trip, that's an hour. That's 65 miles. Yeah. So, where, where, where.
0: <laughs> get over it. I, I like Michigan here. I think they might win out right. Yep. I do too. I actually like Michigan as well. I'm not really in love with the way Michigan State has been trending. Uh, their best. Really, I would argue only good performance of their last five or six games was at Wisconsin when Wisconsin was shorthanded. So not really a mega impressive run that they're on. They are playing Illinois the day we were recording this and Illinois could be shorthanded. So perhaps they put up another solid performance, but I I almost like that. Like if they blow out Illinois, inflate this line a little bit more, step in on the Wolverines, Matthew. That's that's the angle I'm liking. All right. One more in the power game of the week section here. We're going to the Big East Xavier at Creighton. The young Blue Jays hosting Xavier, who has kind of struggled a little bit lately on four last four ATS games since January 1st, They're 70th in the country per Bart Torvik. That's not great for the Musketeers. Whereas Kai Creighton has been awesome at home. Kind of what you'd expect from a young team. They've covered three straight, five of their last seven. How do you see this matchup? Yeah.
1: And Xavier going back even further, one and six in the last seven against the spread. Yeah. They're, they're starting to trend Jim. Like they had last couple of years under Travis Steele. Unfortunately, it's like hot start, non-con, really big East. And then you start to trail and all of a sudden you're on a bubble slash outside looking in, in the tournament. It's kind of tails all old as time with Travis Steele every single year. I like Creighton here. I, I lean their way. They're playing better currently. They're better at home. Both teams get a primer on, on Wednesday. Um, X goes to, or excuse me, host Providence. Creighton goes to Butler. Um, so we'll see how those play out. It could influence this, this matchup, Matt, on Saturday. But right now, I'm leaning Creighton.
2: Yeah, I kind of lean that way too. My concern with Creighton twofold. One is their dominant interior to both ends, right? How they dominate the paint with the call up front and their size. You look at Palm, I believe they're top twenty or top thirty and two point percentage scoring and defense. But if you look, just isolate conference games, looks more mediocre. So could argue that those freshmen, those big long bodies, just maybe feasted on some inferior competition and non-con. Now they're falling back down to earth. But they played really well in spite of that and in spite of massive turnover issues, which manifested in the first matchup between these two. That's my concern. It's Creighton's size advantage maybe starting to be negated as they get deeper into conference play and the turnover issues. They had 21 in the first game against Xavier. They're up big and then they lost the lead late. So it was a good effort, though. I think you have to admit that But turnovers concern me.
0: Yeah, I think that good effort team. is is big for, for a young team's confidence. Like, we can play with Xavier. Like, we almost won at Cintas, a really, really difficult place to play. Yeah. Now they're back at our place. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm with Kai here. I think the Blue Jays win this one outright isn't any crazy claim since they're probably going to be, like, pick them minus one, but very in on Creighton in that particular matchup. All right, let's go to the mid-major game of the week. Start with St. Mary's at San Francisco. We've been waiting on this one, I think, because of COVID pauses. It didn't come to fruition earlier. But the Dons, a two-point favorite on Thursday, that is per Ken Palm. St. Mary's won at San Francisco last year, Kai, after San Francisco's bad COVID pause. They were a, a yeah. not a good squad last year after that pause. They have got a lot of reinforcements inside to deal with Toss and the St. Mary's big guys. How do you see this one going?
1: You know they remember that, Jim, and they definitely have more size up front this year. I like San Francisco. Spread short. At minus two, it's probably a round one I'll make it anyway. So maybe no number lean there. But my heart is telling me Matt, that San Francisco gets this done. Since neither team beat BYU, at least yet, this is a major, major game for, for resumes tournament-wise.
2: Huge. And the only time they played this year. Uh, there's no return meeting between the two. Um, man, I think both teams are desperate, but it seems like San Francisco is just ultimately extremely desperate here, just given the magnitude of what this game could mean. For the program chasing at large birth, I think they're right now they're on the right side of the bubble, but just inside that, they're just on the right side of that fence. It just feels like it means a little more to our Don's Kai. So I'll go with San Francisco, I think, in a short spread, even though home will be what basically nothing, it's a cross town trip. San Francisco has. A gym that seats three thousand people, maybe War Memorial. Not a great, uh, not a daunting environment. We'll say that.
0: Yeah, the the San Francisco thing, like their resume is is predicated on quantity of wins and just racking up like kind of the fringe Q one, Q two wins. They don't have the top of the line, mega high roller win, so they need to keep accumulating those. And this is yeah. this is where it comes down to that. St. Mary's got a couple of bigger scalps in the non conference. The Notre Dame win is actually aging quite well for them, so surprisingly. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'm leaning towards the Dons as well, even though, like you said, the home court's not huge, but I I think it does matter a little bit here. Also, we have Boise State at Fresno State, staying out west here in the Mountain West, two teams that have been way better than expectations this season. Mathias, I'll go to you here with Orlando Robinson, a complete star, truly an All-American candidate this year, and Boise undefeated in league play. Which way do you lean? I can't decide. I think I lean Boise (laughs) because I've been a buck
2: and brock all damn year, baby, got to stick with it. But every time I bet against Fresno Kai, Orlando Robinson impresses me more than he did the last game. Like, he's awesome. I, I don't, he's insane. Like, I think we knew he got a lot better in every game. Like, okay, yeah, he has that. But then he continues to stretch it, sheets from even deeper in pick and pops. Like, well, will shot fake drive, spin move, and just throw down hammer time. It's yeah. daunting. I think that's actually where Boise State's weakest is up front. They have lots of length, but they don't have like a true interior enforcer. Uh, Armis can be scored on inside. And I think in this matchup,
1: uh, Orob has his. Or pulled outside because or Robinson pulled out yeah, can do yeah, way. anything. He hits threes, he's seven feet tall, he puts the ball on the floor, he's awesome. He's number four right now in Kim Palm's player of the year on Fresno, who's 61st in the country. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, he's, he's having an insane year.
2: It's it's not even yeah.
1: I'm I'm looking at what Boise does yesterday when we're recording this, of course, on on today, um, against Wyoming, because they are putting their undefeated record on the line here. Uh, if they go into Fresno undefeated, Jim, I think the spot is great for Fresno to get a win here at home. That Boise defense is awesome, but Orlando Robinson's a game-breaker.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Fresno as well. I, I, Boise, I, they just can't keep playing perfect, and it feels like they have been yeah. perfect time and time again. Like the win at Nevada, they, they, they played an absolute dime of a game. It was incredible. They won by 15 or 20 coming off a of COVID pause. And now Fresno will be coming off going to the pit at New Mexico. Getting back home, I think that sets up well for them. Kind of a tough-ish place to play. Yeah, I, I like Fresno. Last one, in the WAC, huge battle here. New Mexico State and Grand Canyon. Kai, I'm with you. I also have a WAC future on New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they're both looking up at Matt's Seattle Redhawks right now. And Sam Houston. Right, baby. Yep, Yikes. Sam Houston as well. Grand Canyon has never won at New Mexico State. Is sure. this the first time ever? No, it's not. Worth noting, Grand Canyon beat New Mexico State
1: twice last year, but yep. they were both at Grand Canyon. Actually, might have beaten them in the... Uh, whack tournament as well so three times um new mexico state yeah, I, I think they're gonna right. win this game i think grand canyon is a little bit overvalued right now um and i love chris jans baby give, give me new mexico state here it's basically like uh what's the quote from that hurley said
2: at uconn at the presser it's like you better get us now because we're coming i think that's what new mexico state has looking back to last year it's like okay we were really injured it was the covid so nightmare. Yeah. You had your chance to knock us. Now we're back to being New Mexico State. That's even an improved whack landscape. Um, I know I picked Seattle sort of a cute fun against the great pick to win it, but like gun to my head, the best team is still the Aggies. And I think they get Grand Canyon here.
0: Next three games for New Mexico State. Grand Canyon at home, Cal Baptist at home, Seattle at home. If they sweep those three, they're immediately vault right back up to the favorite. And everybody's like, oh yeah, it's it's their league. Let's go next to the trash man pick of the week.
1: The trash man pick of the week.
0: I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. Trash man. Trash man pick of the week. That's right. This is an ugly game. Last week it was ugly. Our Pitt versus Virginia game had under 60 possessions. Actually, (laughs) semi efficient scoring 66 to 61 final. But yeah, great. Is that they got over? It had to go over didn't it oh yeah it, i think it the went over over. might have been sub 120 the, the total yeah. there that's right it was yeah we talked about that we will use this section frequently all season to beat up on the punching bags that are the low dregs of the ovc so this week we're going to the big west where uc irvine has been bad they, they, yeah. they have not lived up to expectations dawson baker was just back out of the lineup after trying to return from his fractured hand now they're hosting cal poly Projected for 62 possessions and Kai, neither team can shoot. No. Does that at least help Polly hang around in this gross one?
1: I guess. I mean, 15 would be a massive spread for Irvine this year. They, they have blown teams out, a couple teams, Pepperdine and Riverside by over 17. Pepperdine was like 30. But I don't know why you'd trust them right now, especially the way they've been playing in Big West play. Maybe it's a bounce back, but you're right. Neither team can shoot. They both rank around 315th in the country in effective field goal percentage. It's going to be disgusting, Matt. It's going to be a slog. Um, I have no interest in watching this game.
2: Um, I don't either. I Here's my take on this one. I watched Polly get absolutely annihilated inside against Cal State Bakersfield, um, a very potent offensive rebounding team, Irvine, while not quite that this year, that is still their MO. I think this is a bloodbath on the board. So yeah, it fits well in our trash fan pick of the week. So I think you're watching basically like an eighth grade team play like the sixth grade team in the, in the YMCA league and it's just like uh, the kids are just doing the volleyball thing and the seven foot rim and the parents are yelling. Like That's what I think you're going to see with, with Irvine against Polly up front.
0: Yep, Polly needs to zone, and I I still don't know if they can do that effectively and they won't be able to rebound out of it. So, yeah, I think we kind of see Irvine assert themselves as like, oh, yeah, we're really good and a favorite in this league, even if Baker is, is not able to play. Last section, fellas, this is the spotlight section, and we are zeroing in on the SEC Big 12 challenge. First, Matt, I want to ask you. Do we like that this challenge happens in conference play when teams are kind of closer to their peak, but maybe more focused on league play? Or do you prefer the timing of the ACC Big Ten challenge?
2: I kind of like my non-con where I like my non-con. and I like my conference where where I like my conference. (laughs) I don't like kind of mixing the two together, Kai. But I'm a purist, so I understand the fans want to see something different. I'll shake it up. That sounds like you didn't like bracket busters because
0: that was non-con. Late no, that's it
2: felt different, though. It felt like uh, it's like we're really trying to target mid-major teams who need that little extra boost. And as a man of the little guy, Jim, that was like an exception for me. OK, man of the people. Kai. Kai,
1: unlike you you, I, unlike you I like Lewis. it. I like the timing, Jim. It's a nice little reprieve. And you get some awesome matchups, you know, in the middle of January, which you, know, you normally see, but it's not in conference. It's exciting.
0: Let's see, let's see who who's good, who's better than who at teams with near their peak, near peak performance. Speaking of excellent matchups, there are 10 games. Everybody in the Big 12 participates, and only 10 from the SEC get to enjoy the fun. The three premier ones, and easily the headliner, is Kentucky headed to Kansas on Saturday. This is one of the games of the year. Two top 10 teams for sure. That's kind of the fun part of it is that, you know, These two teams, every once in a while, they'll play in a Champions Classic, Kai. But when they don't, we get them here in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Ty Ty Washington's going to be dealing with his injury. He's likely to miss today, as we are recording this on Tuesday. Expected possibly back on Saturday. Kansas has had some weird rotational issues of their own. Remy Martin's knee has flared up as an issue. What do you see in this one between two Blue Bloods?
1: Uh, I like Kansas here. Kansas coming off the double OT thriller against Texas Tech we saw on Monday. But they have time to prepare, time to recover for this Kentucky team who is getting missed state on Tuesday for a little tune-up themselves. Kentucky just isn't nearly as potent on the road. Two and three straight up, one and four against the spread. Haven't been a good road team. And Kansas, of course, has uh, one of the best home courts in the country. Fog Allen, minus three-ish is the spread. I'm winning Kansas, especially if Tyte Washington is hobbled or out of the lineup.
2: Yeah, Tie is everything in this match. I, would, I, I, don't think Kentucky's as troublesome on the road as Kai does. I actually think they have played well in spots. Just had some unfortunate, a series of unfortunate events that have sort of like swung the pump, the momentum pendulum yeah, against them. winning in, in at LSU spots. and Auburn
0: before injuries and at Auburn happen. before
2: key injuries. Yep. So yeah, I, I tend to think they're like. And they're also like an older team, right? They're not like the young freshmen that are like scared of the, the moment. It's actually a relatively elder squad. I think Bill Self has had success against Cal in mm-hmm. years past. And he's giving mean, class because they're usually older and they get them early in the season. But now it's like, well, we're in January and Cal actually has like an old team. So that whole narrative's completely out the window. I actually like UK here. I
0: do. I think they go into uh, Foy Allen and steal one. I'm going to sit on my hands family. and endorse neither side unless I oh, know Washington status. If Washington's in, I actually do like Kentucky as well. I think they, they have a little more of an established identity and know who they are, whereas Kansas is still like shuffling their rotations. KJ Adams was playing crunch time minutes in that double overtime game. It, it just, I almost feel like Bill Self is intentionally putting roadblocks in their way because he doesn't want them to peak too early. It's like, yeah. I, I want to make sure this team is facing adversity. And if I have to invent the adversity, that's fine. Here I, here I go. And McCormick and Chibwe,
1: woohoo. I think number yeah. one number one and number two offensive rebounding rate in the country. That's gonna be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a brawl. The other two headliners we're gonna discuss Baylor at Alabama and Tennessee at Texas. Let's start with Baylor at Alabama. The tide, the schedule this year is unbelievable. It's already number two in the country strength of schedule before they play Auburn and Baylor back to back. So Jeez. it's crazy. It's clearly gonna be the number one in the country. Kai Baylor still rocks though, and we're yeah. thinking. Akinjo and maybe Sohan back for this one. I don't know. Does, does Alabama have the juice to still beat these top teams the way they did to the Gonzaga? Or, or are they kind of the fading team that they are now? Since January 1st, per Bart Torvik, they're outside the top 60.
1: Yeah, I think they're, they're still kind of fading. They're shaking off the cobwebs. Yeah, they beat Gonzaga. They beat Houston too. So if they beat Baylor, that's three of the top four current Kempom top four teams. That's insane. I don't think they get it done, though. I think Baylor is just freaking awesome. I think they bring it and minus two is a short, short spread. You're asking me who wins? Baylor. Yep, I agree. Mm, uh, I think Baylor wins too.
2: I guess I agree. I'm still holding on to Bama, like kind of getting back to where we thought they were, but I don't know. Baylor's just too good. Baylor's impressed me a lot, man.
0: Yeah, the the Bama defense hasn't been as consistent as you'd hope. Uh, They haven't really figured out the right five-man lineup that balances offense and defense. They're still working on that the same way Kansas is. And Baylor, man, that they with Akinjo out there, the shot making in that lineup is just unbelievable. Like they can one through four can kind of pull up and hit threes, and it's really hard to deal with. And their five men are terrific garbage men. So I lean towards Baylor. The last one, Matt, your Vols kind of needing some big wins to stack at the top of the resume this year. They've struggled in their biggest games, other than that Arizona win they were able to squeak out. Now they had well, to you We got to kind of LSU as a nice little, nice little notch there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A shorthanded handed tough, tough Yeah, in
2: a tough spot. Right, I, the big asterisk. I agree. Big asterisk next to that game.
0: All right, so now they go to Texas, Matt, a team that is ripe to be a big win. Really highly ranked in the net and Ken Palm, but not someone that has knocked off teams. They have zero Q1 wins still, the Longhorns. So they also need a, a top-of-the-resume win. I don't know. Which one do you have more faith in? Oddly enough,
2: Tennessee. I know we've talked about some of the positive indicators for Texas, Trey Mitchell being the notable um, him coming back from COVID and playing a lot better, I think he's pretty key for a front line that seems to lack bodies, oddly enough, for a Beard team. But I like Tennessee. I think they're the better backcourt. Their guards are dynamic, and while their wings and non-guards give me the heebie-jeebies sometimes, Kai, and their veterans up front have not really provided any offensive aid, I love the guards for Tennessee. I
1: think they're better than Texas, and on the road, I think that matters. I like the guards, but Texas guards aren't bad. I, I just think they're, this whole team's playing poorly, and maybe that's – a reason you stay away from Texas They They can't figure out their lineups beard. I guess he has too much talent. And that's kind of the theme right now.
0: Teams that are just like their rotations yeah. are thrown at the wall.
1: I'm not sure Rick Barnes has ever been back to Texas. He's in not the game. I, so this I've is I've just looked at the history phenomenal angle. Ten, angle.
0: Tennessee has played at Texas once ever. It was in 2005 when Rick Man. Barnes was in charge of Texas. Nice little angle
1: here. He's back in his former stomping grounds. Not sure if that really matters. Uh, I actually like Texas. I, I don't think Tennessee's offense is good at all. And Texas, if they've done one thing right this year, it's it's defend. Um, it's going to be low, low scoring, leaning Texas at home.
0: I'm leaning Texas as well. Matt, I know you like the guards, but they are very young, and I think they can be a little turnover prone, and Texas pressures the crap they out of ball. Yeah. They, they're really disruptive. I just want to see dsu and, and Trey Mitchell play more minutes together. I think that's the best front court this Texas team has with versatile offensive games, and, and they can kind of cover each other's mistakes on defense. is a nice shot blocker. I want to see that lineup more please give it to me Chris Beard I, I lean towards the horns but it's hard to trust that offense the way it's been this year I want to see Rick Barnes free my guy Justin Powell who continues to play low
2: minutes for some reason I don't I don't like it
0: he's good play him you need shooting Rick play the kid play him. all right that is it that wraps up our show for the week thank you for tuning in to Big Bets on campus remember to rate and review the show on Apple podcasts listen on Spotify We'll see you next week. Of course, there will be another one in your feed every Wednesday morning on the Big Bets on Campus feed. And we'll also be part of the Friday six-pack on the Big Bets on Campus feed where we make a pick with Stucky and Colin Wilson, putting that all together. So make sure to check that out as well. Thank you, and see you next week.